Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, data will make us feel better. We welcome back economist Emily Oster to talk about data-based risk assessment during COVID. Plus, Biz is disappointed. Woo! Okay, I was calling to leave a woo, but also to leave a genius. (laughs) My two-and-a-half-year-old and and nine-month-old are napping at the same time, and my husband is outside mowing the lawn. And I'm inside. It's quiet. I'm just sitting. It's great. So it'll probably never happen again, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it while it's happening. That's my genius. Hang in there. We're all doing a fucking amazing job. Bye. Yes, we are doing a fucking amazing job. And I <laughs> thank you for wooing. Thank you for leaving your genius. I really love the image of you just sitting in a room or in the hallway like on the ground, doesn't matter. You're just sitting somewhere. Wherever your body just dropped, (laughs) you are sitting. And then that led me to think of like, was it that famous painting, like Whistler's Mother? Is that what it's called? I don't know, but it's that, it's the mother just sitting in a chair, just sitting. And I thought that, that makes sense. Now I will only look at fine pieces of art that are based on women just sitting as like having a moment to themselves, just sitting. So good job, just sitting. I've, I have sat before. It is nice. It's lovely. So I am glad you are doing well. Everybody, you're all doing well. This is like a week where everybody is really essential. We are coming out on the other side of the election. Um, daylight savings may have sorted itself out. I don't know. Not for me. And holidays are coming. And so I want, and COVID cases are rising again. And the news is not the best when it comes to that. So I just want to say, first off, thank you to everyone who voted in this election. It was incredibly important. Thank you for making that happen in whatever way you needed to make it happen. Thank you to the Postal Service and poll counters and poll workers and ballot counters. This is a remarkable amount of work and probably a rather thankless job. And I see you and I thank you for the work you are doing. Thank you to all of the people in the medical profession. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Librarians, as always, thank you. Teachers, Thank you. School administration, thank you. People at the grocery store working very hard, thank you. I like it makes a difference. Our local store that wasn't even the one that we used to go to, we now we now have made a conscious choice that it is the only store we will go to because you know, there are still people out like wiping off the carts and handing them to you and not just like a little wipe, but like wiping it all down. And I and we always make a point to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, that, it's so nice. It's, and it's so necessary. Thank you to everyone wearing a mask correctly. That's really good. So uh, thank you, thank you. There's so many people that need to be thanked. And I just will never stop now. So thank you. I'm doing, uh, doing all right. First, I need to give you guys a heads up. My darling, sweet Katie Bell, who is not eight, but is actually 11 and growing up, making choices for herself, has decided she would like to take on a more mature name of Kat instead of Katie Bell. And so she has said it is all right for me to let you guys know that. So you will now hear me referring to Katie Bell as Kat. It just wouldn't be one bad mother if we weren't all changing the names of our children or or our children changing their names at some point in time. Now, the holidays are coming, and I got to admit, I'm 
I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do well with them. Usually I'm like pretty smooth about holidays and happy when we get to do it just our sort of immediate family. But what I did not share with you guys really is over the last couple of years, I've been working to try and get my folks out here from Alabama because uh, there is no family in Alabama except my folks. And they, we have worked on trying to build a house in the backyard and make it work and make this house livable for us. And it's been basically two to three years of learning a lot about Pasadena building codes and having to change things and things being one thing one day and another day rules changing again. And eventually we had to scrap those plans altogether for a variety of reasons. One obviously being COVID. So now nothing's being built. And my parents are still in Alabama and, you know, they're doing well. I just really was hoping that this would be a Thanksgiving we would have with them here with the kids. And, you know, I have missed having them be part of our life on a regular basis. And so I'm, I'm sad about it. I'm sad about it. And I don't really know how to make that period work. Like, I don't know how to make it like a special time where I can feel that they're included at the same time that they're not here. So I don't know. Plus, Ellis's birthday is at the end of this month, and he's turning seven. And it was easy with Kat because she was old enough to watch movies with friends online and chat and like, you know, do stuff. Seven-year-olds, it's just like all over the fucking place on a Zoom. No one's listening. I don't know how to make that special. And I'm just getting a little bummed out. What I'd like to do is go on a plane and go visit my family. But that risk feels incredibly overwhelming, which nicely but sadly ties into what we're going to talk about today with Emily Oster, using data to assess risk. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are welcoming back Emily Oster, who is a professor of economics at Brown University. She holds a PhD in economics from Harvard University. Her academic work focuses on health economics and statistical methods. In addition to her academic work, Emily has written two best-selling books you're all familiar with on data-driven parenting, Expecting Better, and Crib Sheet. Emily's work has been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Atlantic, CNBC, Slate, and more. She has appeared on this show three times in episode 40, 146, and 304, each time helping us navigate pregnancy and life with a baby using data to assess risk. And now she is applying that to the risks we face during the pandemic. Welcome back, Emily. Woo, woo, woo. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited to be. I'm very excited to be back. We rescheduled. We actually rescheduled this from like two days ago. And I was explaining to my husband like I had to reschedule because I was like not I was so like down and tired. And I was like, but I love being on this podcast and I don't want to be like on the podcast. Be like, Ugh. So now I'm like energized. I'm ready. Oh, was, was something was something happening last no, week? No, nothing. That I don't know. Whatever. Fun. Nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> well, let's uh, start with reminding us. Who lives in your house? My husband and my Mm -hmm. two kids who are now five and nine. Wow. One bad mother, the time marker of guests. It really is. I I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) How's that going? Uh, It's good. They're in school um, in person. Wow. All day? All day, all five days, 7.30 to 3. So it's going good. Yes, you live in Eden. <laughs> I, do. I do. I mean, I really like it is one of the the things about the pandemic where like, you know, the littlest things you're like, you know, I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, you'd be, yeah. you'd be like, what are your kids? I'd be like, yeah, they go to school every day. Now it's like, you don't understand. They go to school yeah. every day. <laughs> Every day. Uh, every day. Take every that. day. Yeah, so my it's job. been great. Yeah. 
mine, great. mine go to school every day in this house. I think actually this whole idea that you've got kids in school full time and I have kids remotely learning is just a perfect segue into why we are so happy you were back on the show. I want to talk about I actually want to start with just reminding us how data can help assess risk. And, and because when you first applied this to your pregnancy, I remember you were like, really? I can't eat a deli sandwich? Like, what is that? Like, really? Like, where am I on the scale of risk? Can I not eat a deli sandwich today or sushi? Right? Like, so talk to us about the importance of data and risk assessment. Yeah. So obviously, I believe that data is important for assessing risk. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's and I think, of course, parts of that are really obvious, which are sort of like, of course, I would like to under, like before I decide to eat a deli sandwich or send my kids to right. school or do whatever it is, you kind of have this idea that you should evaluate how likely is it that something bad will happen if I if I do that. I think the the piece and so some of what I do in the books and now in the in the COVID space is really like answering the question, okay, how actually how risky is that? But I think there's another piece of it, which is to try to sort of put that risk in the context of other things. So mm. like the like other risks that you're taking, right? So like the deli sandwiches is a good example of like, okay, you know, it is true that like there have been examples of listeria coming from a ham sandwich. But like that did one time happen. Yeah. But, you know, when you sort of then you kind of want to calculate like, well, what is the what if I never eat any ham sandwiches during my pregnancy? Like, what am I going to do to my risk? And the answer is, you know, maybe I lower from, you know, one in 30,000 to one in, you know, 30,000 and two or so. Like <laughs> it was like the change is so small. And you're sort of like, hey, you're actually like you're not thinking about it. But like every day you're taking risks oh. that are well beyond those the kind of ham sandwich risk. <laughs> And so, you know, it doesn't mean you necessarily want to eat a ham sandwich, but like right. it is also, you know, like somebody wrote to me in the space of food. Actually, somebody wrote to me just yesterday, wrote me an email and was like, I'm pregnant and I am dying to have box mac and cheese. Like I just it's all I can think about. But I read something once about how box mac and cheese has a lot of phthalates in it. Phthalates? Phthalate? I don't know. What this I don't is. know. And, and I was like, oh. Okay. And it was like, is it, is it okay? You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Like I, it's okay. But it was sort of like that moment of like you, you every day you're doing a ton yeah. of things that are riskier than eating a box of mac and cheese. Like I promise. I don't think about your lifestyle, but I promise you have taken risks larger than the mac and cheese box. And like, you just like, did you, on. did you take a shower? Cause you could slip in the shower. Right, did exactly. you get in like car? at any moment you could right. be, you like know, have you ever gotten in your car? Yeah. Have you ever going, your car? Driving to the grocery store <laughs> to pick up the mac and cheese box yeah. is riskier than eating <laughs> the mac and cheese. That's it. <laughs> what? I know. And the deal is, is that like, and I think this is what's important about data and risk assessment. And we're sitting here kind of joking about mac and cheese boxes and junk food a little bit. But simultaneously, we all have our own little box of like knowns, right? Whether that be health issues that we know are there, right? Or like we all or relatives or family members that are in our house or nearby in which our choices affect them. We all are in different sort of classes and levels of risk. So, uh, you know, if you have a super weak immune system, for example, maybe a ham sandwich during your pregnancy is, is not a good idea, but you can't, it, we're talking about the difference between facts and taking factual data and then looking at that with our known history and making a decision, not sweeping decisions based on sweeping statements, right? Like that's, yeah. so let's talk about COVID because since it's begun and amazingly now nine months into being in this house, I feel like I don't feel any more confident and I really don't like, I mean, there's look, I got to go to the grocery store and I got to get fit, but I, I do that once every like three weeks. Like I, I have the big cart, right? Like, you know, we're in California, but we don't have relative. Like I, it's, 
if they said they'll open the school tomorrow, I would be camping out right now, right? But I'm also never going to a restaurant ever again, right? So like, like I'm constantly feeling like what, I don't feel like I know more than I necessarily did, but I, I do feel a little more comfortable with the concept of assessing what my risk is. So talk to me a little bit about COVID Explained, which is a project that you've been working on, and the importance of understanding the data during this pandemic. I think one of the things that really struck me at the beginning was the sort of lack, even be, like before we got into the data, there was this period early on when I think people were really struggling with literally just the question of like, how does the virus spread? Yeah. And so the sort of origin of COVID Explained was really the idea that like somehow people needed a kind of little bit of like a virology crash course from somebody who was going to like do like a little bit of translational stuff, which is kind of more of the that's like the space that I'm that I find myself in all the time is kind of, you know, translating science for for like lay audiences. Right. For me. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> so just that, like people didn't like like it was hard for people to understand, like, why do you sh- why should you wash your hands? And just like making like I think there was this period where it was sort of like you want to go to the grocery store. And I, I kind of have this idea that like if someone has been there with COVID and they touch the salad box and then three hours later I touch it, I might just die. Yeah. Like I might just like drop dead. Yeah. Right there. Right there on the floor of the grocery store. Yes. That and, is, that's true, right? Right. And then, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, but I think then once you're in that space, it's hard. It's hard then to yeah. think about taking precautions because it's like, well, at any moment I could touch a salad box and drop dead. So, like, why the fuck would I wash my hands? You know, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and and but then once you have, it's like, you know, look, actually yeah. the virus is not like a, it's not like a, like a super it's, a, it's not some kind of Superman thing. Like it, like it has to get into it's a respiratory virus. Got to like get in. So if you're wearing a mask and you wash your hands after you touch the salad box, even if somebody touched it. And by the way, now we know that it doesn't really love that great on surfaces. So probably that was not really didn't need to wash your groceries. But even in this phase where we thought you had to wash your groceries, it's still you know washing your hands afterwards is like is like okay. So I think we have learned we have learned more, but it is still so so when we were we we're sort of starting COVID explained, it was partly just to, to like. Say like, look, here's why some of these things are gonna are gonna work, and if you have a better understanding of that, then you're gonna be kind of better able to make choices. That was sort of the first stage, and then even on top of that, then as we get into you know more of like, okay, well now what are the activities it's really okay to do? That's where you kind of need the the data because of course it is possible that COVID is well spread at restaurants and you know that all of these at bars and all these different places at schools and so on, but we actually need to like see some data to understand. Not just is it possible for that to happen, but how common is that? You know, where is where is the sort of source source that is the most common source? All right. So let's get into what you guys have been finding out so far, because I am in a city in a state here in California where apparently they have assessed that bars, restaurants and gyms are reasonable to open up but our schools are not open. And uh, there are some daycares and preschools are open, but like, in fact, my school may start letting my first grader back in an outdoor space, but my sixth grader who would be at the same school, not back yet. Uh, 35% can come back. All right, but I could definitely go to the gym tomorrow if I wanted to go to the gym. I mean, do you have any insight into why that decision was made versus a school choice? Like, why why are your schools open? It's not fair. Well, the answer to that is that my governor is <laughs> really great and she forced them to open because she's the best. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, I think that one of the biggest, one of the most frustrating things about the school reopen stuff is that is that it is, like, because somehow we have put it last. Yeah. Right. Like if you sort of look at Europe, like Europe is like, we are going to lock down like no restaurants. No, don't go out to a bar. Don't like, you know, leave your house. We're going to monitor you uh, except for schools and uh, essential work, except yeah. for like essential services like schools and hospitals. Yeah. Right. And sort of like it's like that's the last thing. And the thing, the reason I think that 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 reflects you sort of people think about that reflecting like benefits like how do we you know how do we value schools 
But it also, it is increasingly clear that schools are not a high-risk activity, particularly schools for, for younger kids. So, you know, in play, there are actually a lot of places in America where schools are open. Like, you know, some of them are places like where I am, but some of them are places like North Dakota and South Dakota and Wisconsin and, you know, places with really bad COVID. And even there, when you talk to schools, yeah, it's true that a lot of people affiliated with the school have COVID, but they are mostly not get they are not getting it at school and they do contact tracing they you know it doesn't look like that is a major source of of spread if you put that together with the benefits it really seems like schools should be kind of a high priority open and not a low priority open and i think this has been a source of a lot of Like for me, that aspect is is most frustrating because I can see people saying we should have I think it's consistent to say nothing should be open, like we should all be locked in our houses and we should never go out. I'm not sure they think that's the best solution, but at least that's like a consistent, you know, a consistent view of the world to say it's like totally fine to have gyms and, you know, restaurants at 40 percent capacity and bars and small weddings, but somehow not kindergarten in person kindergarten. That seems to be a poor decision from both public health and, you know, mental like health, mental health, societal <laughs> benefit. Like, it's just like seems, um, un- seems bad. Seems yeah. bad. Yeah. Seems bad. No, it's bad. So how do I find and interpret the data to make my choices? So for example, in yes, if they said school open tomorrow, I would be there the night before maybe having done some research or maybe just ready to take a risk. But how would I look for and read that data as a person who's not, that's not my strength? (laughs) So we have a dashboard. I know Um, you do. Go look at my dashboard. I did. I I even took the risk assessment and I don't understand it. Uh, No, no. But I have like a literally a dashboard of school infection rate. So if you want to, and so you can go to the dashboard and you can say, you know, and, and what you can see, I think really what you can see in the dashboard is that the rates in the school are, are the community rates. And, you know, the rates in kids are lower than in the community. The rates in staff and high school students are basically the same as what we're seeing in the, in the community. So, you know, that tells you a little bit what to expect. It also tells you there's not a lot of spread in schools. So, you know, it sort of tells you if you if you choose to send your kid to school, they're probably not at much higher risk there, if at all, than, you know, whatever you're choosing to do with them at home. Now, of course, that depends a little bit on what you're choosing to do with them at home. Right. Right. So like definitely if you if you if you and your family have not left the house in like eight months, then leaving the house to go to school is going to increase your risk. Right. A, a small amount, it's not going to increase it as much as, say, you know, starting to go to a lot of restaurants or like indoor water parks or, you know, large singing events or whatever other things you're thinking about doing. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about indoor water parks indoor all water day. Parks. The, all indoor day. water parks are not- one of my, like, <laughs> you know, like that's that stuff's open in Massachusetts, oh. right? Like there was like, like I get my husband at some point was like, what are we going to do? I was like, well, I just got an email from the Grey Wolf Lodge yeah. um, that they're doing a lot of extra cleaning and we could go to indoor water he was like you don't understand like we get sick when we go to there that's anyway, like the main place you get sick yeah, on <laughs> so a like, good day it's like on a good sister. day covid <laughs> no covid or no you definitely get get shit at the indoor indoors. water indoors i just love it's an it. indoor, you got to vomit you're vomiting the next day yeah. probably no matter one. what you're going definitely. home with something extra that's what from the, the lazy water park. river yeah exactly. it's totally fucking worth it <laughs> no i absolutely I love it I would be there. Maybe not in the era of COVID. No, no. Everything's different in the era (laughs) of COVID. My sister and I were joking about like Halloween parties. We were like, could you imagine bobbing for like apples now? And she was like, that's like a water park for your mouth. That's like, (laughs) it's like what bobbing for apples. It's funny to watch. I find it now. It's sort of funny to watch television where people are like physically interacting in groups. I, I mean, like I was I'm watching some really great HBO show called about this like Nexium sex cult, which I totally oh, yeah, recommend. But it's, it's great, yeah, very can, interesting. Can we have um, sex cults during COVID? Right, and, but yeah, <laughs> sex cults is frowned upon. And they're like playing volleyball in these yeah. big groups and sitting close to each other and hugging. You know, and it's like a totally regular. It's not like it's it's not like they're showing the sex cult part. Of this, but it's right. just even seeing people physically interacting in groups is like it's like. Ugh. 
Put on your mask, man. Don't yeah, don't do that. Now <laughs> you're getting COVID. That's right. You, that. you have COVID you now. Have COVID. That's right. You've it's got like the, the rose COVID. garden. It's the rose garden of sex cults. <laughs> All right. Let's help people. Let's get serious. Let's help yeah. people because it is it is terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. And and we get so many mixed messages from everywhere. We were just talking the other day, Stefan and I, about like, it is amazing to us how how there are people who are just fine without knowing facts. Like, they don't need any facts. They're okay just taking what's said at face value and just being like, yeah, that's good. And so I, you know... I actually want to circle back because you and I, you're very familiar uh, with COVID Explained because you've been working with it. And I am familiar because I have gone to look at it and tried some of the tools you've made available on it. But now let's pretend, like my mother used to say, when you're writing the book report, you got to pretend no one's read the book, right? So take us back because we've just done a lot of talking as if everybody's read the book. COVID explained this website, this data collection site. Tell us what this is like at its core. Okay, so there's basically two pieces of this. So there's so COVID explained as a sort of overall website uh, is designed as a place that you can go and like see some basic information about COVID. So we have sort of long form explainers on like the path of the virus. How does it actually get in? What would happen if you got it? We have some uh, discussions of treatments and vaccines and sort of like where that has that has gone. We have a lot of discussion of things like impacts on kids, impacts on pregnancy, sort of really running through like, okay, if you're thinking about the risks associated with pregnancy during COVID, like here's a kind of explainer for what kind of what those risks are and how you should and how you should think about this. There's a lot of stuff about kids and and families and sort of those and those risks. So that's kind of one piece of it. And then there are there is an oh, and I should say one piece of that is there's like some some sort of childcare. It's a discussion of childcare and some links to some decision tools to try to help you think about, you know, what kind of if you have the option, like what kind of childcare is sort of good. Should you be thinking about and then there is a link to this school project, which is p- sort of part of this, but I think sort of fundamentally kind of larger and separate, in which we've worked with a bunch of other partners, including uh, some this sort of school superintendents association and a data processing firm called Paltrex. And we have kind of put together this whole dashboard website about COVID in schools where we get in data from schools and districts and we've been tracking them over time and trying to figure out, you know, what does COVID look like? And and so that has gotten to be a much larger project. So in the most recent wave of that, it's been going on for, you know, a couple months now, but in the most recent wave of the data, we have data on like 1.7 million in-person students and we have, you know, infection rates in that group. In the next round, I think it'll be even, it'll be even more. So that's become a much broader sort of bigger kind of project that goes beyond the the website. But there are, you do have these tools. I uh, fiddled around with my COVID risks, my risk benefit matrix. Oh, your risk benefit matrix. I love the risk benefit matrix. I did. There's a matrix, guys. And you go through and like there's activities. I when it There's like a list of generic sort of activities, I guess, some people like doing things. My right. my risk was, <laughs> it was weird because uh, I'm like, what? Go to a mall? Never do that. Go to yeah. zero. I wouldn't go to a crowded area ever. Yuck. Zero. Right. So it's your benefit factor, which means I am assuming I interpreted that to mean what benefit would I get? Yeah. Out of going, like pure joy, or like, eh, is all right. Or zero benefit. And then you can put in if you're thinking you're going to do it or have done it in like a two-week period. Now, that was there were some depressing moments there. I was like, I would love that. And then it's like, that benefit would be huge. And then it's like, but I haven't done it. We're not done it. We haven't done it. We're not doing it. So I filled it out. My total benefit was 40 and my total risk, 15. Hmm. So you're what? not taking enough risks. I'm not. Uh, yeah, clearly. Is that what that means? That I'm yeah, not that's taking. Yeah, that means. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not taking enough risks. That's, a, that's what it means. Taking any risks. We just... I mean, I think part of that, that sort of the idea with that matrix is to try to like, <laughs> is to sort of try to help people both navigate like how they would, there's like a piece of this, which is ranking things, yeah. right? Sort of saying like, basically, if you really love, you know, if they're like you, I don't, the mall is a little bit, but like, no, let's, no, let's, let's say, say something. Let's say, yeah, well, camping is like very, okay, I'm trying to think about something that's sort of like tennis. intermediate. Tennis. tennis. Something where like you could get like, yes, if you like get too close to somebody, like it could, but it's like basically a pretty low risk activity. If you really love that, like that, you know, then that should be sort of hot. Like you should rank that highly. And I think part of what we're also trying to get at here is the idea that there's kind of like a little bit of a risk budget, which mm. is like, you know, you, you may want to almost like use your risk budget in some things rather than others. Like you could sort of say, I'm willing to take some amount of COVID risk because I just have to accept that like, you know, but I want to take it in things that I, I value a lot. Like my husband and I were talking about this the other day. He was like, we were, we were driving somewhere and our kids were like begging us to stop at a, at a rest stop for Doritos. (laughs) My husband was just like, he was just like, you know, guys, like, I'm not getting COVID at a for Doritos at a rest stop. Like that's not where I'm going to spend. Like it's like what you know. We're like there are things we're willing to do. Like we yeah. send our kids to in-person school. We go to our jobs. You know, like where there are some things we're willing to do. I'm not willing to to use any of my risk points for rest stop Doritos. And I think that there's that. Uh, yeah. You know, that's it. So maybe some of these things are your rest stop Doritos, but it sounds like maybe you're not doing enough things. That's sounds what I like get. Sounds like I have that. no rest stop sounds Doritos. Sounds like you have no rest. It sounds like you're very far from rest stop Doritos. It sounds like I need to reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you could. Now you have the thing is now you have a lot of risk points. You could spend them on rest stop Doritos. I I could. <laughs> it's true. It's truer words, Emily. Choices are really hard right now. There are no good choices lots of times. Is there anything you're like, know this? I've I've looked at data. Just do, know, try, understand. Yeah. I think there are a few things, a bit like pregnancy. There's like a few yeah. things where I would say like, you know, are kind of things are really clear in one direction or the other. So outdoor activities are way safer than indoor activities. If you are worried about going hiking and because you think like if you go hiking, you touch a tree and someone touched the tree, like that's not a thing. So if you, if you like if things like sort of outdoor hiking, and I would honestly put playgrounds in that space too. Like we really do not have any evidence of people getting COVID at playgrounds. This was like a thing early on. Yeah. The idea that like stuff could live on the, that's just, you know, no. So, I mean, if, one, if there's, like, a ton of other kids at the playground, that's a different story. But, like, sort of solitary, like, early morning playground play. Yeah. You know, I would say that those – these sort of generally things outdoors are looking, are looking pretty good. And then there's a set of things, like, really should not be doing. Largely singing. Or at least singing? You know, indoor, indoor singing <laughs> is really bad. Like, a lot of these, like, major, in, yeah. like major spreader events involve singing or, like, loud talking inside. So kind of getting drinking, getting in people's faces. Karaoke, Um, not a good idea. Yeah. The thing I think is really hard right now for like that I we are like I'm personally struggling with is like this sort of we're coming up on a time when I would typically want to see my family. Um, when I would typically plan to see my family. And I think what one of the things we're seeing is a ton of the COVID risk at the moment is associated with sort of small indoor gatherings, you know, where it's not, you know, it's it's not a big conference. It's not, you know, but it's like kind of we got together. There was some wine. Yeah. We were inside. We took our masks. Of course, you drink the wine. Then you're kind of in the people's face, you know. So there's a sort of like like a little bit of a letting of the of the guard down. And I think that it's hard for people to. So those, you know, going to Thanksgiving with your family is is a if actually a fairly high risk activity where it's very difficult to lower the risk. On the other hand, you know, like in the moment. On the other hand, there is like a, a real trade-off there because, you know, people's people are sad. And I, I guess I guess that I guess that's the other thing I would say is sort of like echo the thing you said of like there's no good choices, which is like kind of we are used to when we make decisions feeling good about them. Yeah. Like feeling you know, like when you choose yeah. we still like talk about like when you choose a preschool. When you choose a preschool, like maybe you were not sure, should you do this one, should you do this one? But usually when you finish the choice, you're like, Yeah. I, it's a good choice. Like, I feel good about this. I'm excited. My kid's going to have a good time. You know, it's going to be great. <laughs> and and here it's like if you choose to see your family, 
for for you know, like for Thanksgiving or just in general, you will probably be anxious the whole time. Yeah. And if you choose not to see them, you will be sad. And there's no like option where you feel great. There's yeah. no like I enjoy this preschool that I chose option. There is only anxious or sad. And kind of the faster that we recognize, like, although it's a terrible thing to recognize, like once you recognize that, then it's sort of like, I think we're just, we're spending too much time on these choices because we keep thinking, oh, like we're secret option C. Like we're yeah. secret option C where I don't feel anxious and sad. No, no secret option C. There's just <laughs> oh. A, anxious, B, sad. That's it. Yeah. You're just gonna have to pick one. You gotta pick anxious yeah. or sad. Two choices. Pick it. Pick, pick it. it. Pick, pick it. it. Oh, well, that's a great note to end on. <laughs> Eat your ham sandwich. Eat your ham sandwich. And sadness. Uh, (laughs) And chocolate. And chocolate so much. Emily, thank you. Thank you. So much. It is always great having you on. And it always is inspiring. It makes me feel a little less anxious knowing you're out there collecting the data on that. Like when most of us who don't know how to collect it or understand it or like god i just wish somebody would be like look right here i there here's there for here's, you i know and then you hear like in the wild that's that's how i realized you were doing this was we had another guest on we were talking about uh choices and work and how this is disproportionately affecting women and she was like well then emily oster's out collecting data on preschools and i was like hot damn Emily Oster's out there collecting. Of course she saw there was a void that needed to be filled in data collection. Get that woman on the show. So thank you. You are like a economist superhero. And um, we love you. I love being on here. So this is such a treat. Thank you. You are welcome. And we will make sure that we link everybody up to where they can find COVID Explained and how to use uh, the tools there, as well as your previous books that, you know, are must buys for everybody who is pregnant or has a kid in their house. Uh, So thank you. Thank you. And uh, good luck with your holiday choices. Thank you very much. (laughs) You too. All right. Bye. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. We talk a lot about physical health and mental health, but what about sexual health? Whether you hit the gym, take a walk, or meditate, if you want to take care of your whole self, you need to prioritize your pleasure along with your body and mind. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and wellness sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. I downloaded it. I thought, I'll just go check out one of the short Stories. Oh, will there be questions as to what I like? Ooh, okay. What do I like? It's been a long time since I thought about that. And then I listened, thinking I would just listen to, like, you know, a little 11-minute story. That's nice. Then an hour later, I had the earbuds in. <laughs> and for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash badmother. Dipsystories.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Varsity Tutors. It's been challenging for students to transition from being in a classroom for seven hours a day to learning from home. Yeah. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Varsity Tutors delivers free live enrichment classes taught by experts that make learning fun. So Kat, as I have mentioned, is very interested in learning how to speak Japanese. And we tried a few different ways to help her with this. And what has worked the most has been Varsity Tutors. She's been involved in a several session long class and she is speaking Japanese and it's kind of amazing it really is cool cool. and I'm not gonna insult everybody by trying to pronounce all the different things that she has learned thank you varsity tutors for doing this instead of me 
To reserve your spot in a free class, go to varsitytutors.com slash badmother. That's varsitytutors.com slash badmother. Give your child the confidence and keys to success today at varsitytutors.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa! You know, I gotta tell you, this... This would have been a really hard week, except for the fact that I got to say Teresa. Oh. This, I mean it. You're too I kind. I mean it. No, I look forward to this all week as well. This is I just yeah. holding. Let's hold on to this. Death grip. Hold on tight. That's right. This. Just diamonds will fall out of our hands. <laughs> I'm gripping so tight. With that said, genius fail time, Teresa. Yeah. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you Oh my god, I'm paying attention. Wow. You, mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius. Okay, I just, (laughs) I feel like, I feel like I just deserve a genius moment for how hard I've been working on the distance learning with Oscar, my first grader. I just deserve it. Yeah. I just do. Like, I'm not saying I, like, solved anything or, like, (laughs) it's going great or anything. It's just a lot of work, complex learner, plus seven-year-old in their house trying to learn hates Zoom. Like, so many aspects of this are so hard, and I just feel like like I've, I've been so depleted and Mm -hmm. sad and frustrated but also there have been moments of like progress and then we've been trying new things and I'm just like not giving up like I'm not I'm not even going like I'm gonna do this I'm just like (laughs) I'm not giving up like I'm just doing it I'm just keep going keep trying blah 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 that counts as a genius moment I I think it really does and it also counts as a good job like it's I, I ended I think it was last week's show I talked about like I had this moment of realization of why you're doing a good job was so important because I was in that same place of the children don't care about all this effort they don't really see it like no one is really seeing all this work all this like trying and researching and looking and prepping and uh, to make it right no one sees it and therefore mm-hmm. No one is going to tell me I am doing a good job. Mm -mm. So, yes, what you did is genius and continues to be genius. You, Teresa, are getting really good at this. Oh, I needed to hear that. How's that? So good. Yeah. So needed. Thank you. You are getting really good at this. Thank you. Okay. So this morning, uh, we are like eating dining table is you know it's like in our den we have a just like a small den uh, eat everything everything is all in one place and <laughs> and so it's wedged in this area way it's called an open floor oh plant sure base. yeah okay i will <laughs> it is you know what it is, is a one room one room home Right, where you can see from one side of the anyway, open floor plan sounds like there's a vaulted ceiling. I know. There's no like it does. I know. I, know. I can touch the ceiling. Anyway, yes. so the table is near uh the fireplace and uh cat sits she, we're all like it's benches. They're benches mm-hmm. on either side. It's like a picnicy kind of thing. And Stefan and Kat sit on one side, and Ellis and I sit on the other. And Kat is closest to the fireplace and the mantle. And this morning, I said to everybody in the family, I just called it out. I said, "I'm going to need you guys to all recognize that there is something I am no longer doing." And Stefan immediately said. Watch your head. And I said, yes. <laughs> Every time Kat gets up, I see her 
turning into the mantle. I mean, that's how close it is. I mean, it's really close. Like, or standing up into the mantle or turning into the mantle or walking into the mantle. It doesn't matter. Every time. And by the way, she has done that. Like, not in recent years, but it happened once. Yeah, And I've been sitting on it and not saying it. And everybody goes, oh, Yes, you are. That you know, good job. Good that, job. That's like, that's like you're doing a good job. Unless you want me to tell you to watch your head, baby. <laughs> she was like, "No, I'm good." So I felt that was an ignored thing that needed to be seen because that, that is hard. Is great. Good Thanks. job doing it, and then good job <laughs> like requesting acknowledgement. Yeah. For that, because that's you're right. right. They always Nobody's make gonna fun. say it. Yeah, yeah. They always make fun of the fact that I'm constantly like, "Watch your step, watch your step, watch your head, watch your step, watch your step." Blah, blah, blah. My mother yeah. still does it to me. Okay, they yeah. always are like, "Stop it, saying it," but no one cares when you do stop saying it. So, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they do. Now they care. I'll you wake made them, up them care. I will wake them up in the middle of the night. Wake up, wake up, cat. Wake up. Watch your head. Watch your head. Appreciate me. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is Gabriel from Oklahoma. I'm calling with a genius moment. Our youngest, uh, ever for about the past year since he started wearing shoes because he could walk, loves taking his shoes off, particularly in the car while we are driving to or from daycare. So every morning I hear the little clunk, clunk as the shoes come off halfway there. And then I've got to wrestle those little shoes onto his fat little feet in this awkward position with him in the car seat before we get out. So I started, I took a pair of my socks, and when I put him in the car seat, I'll put a sock over his whole foot with the shoe on all the way up to his knee on both feet, and he can't get the shoes off. So we get to daycare, I peel the socks off, we have shoes on the feet, and we're ready to go. Uh, so I've been doing that for, uh, well, a few months now, and it's been working brilliantly. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Bye. That's amazing. That is amazing. I also like the time you took to give it the scientific study to yeah. really prove <laughs> months the theory. of yeah, success months before of success. calling this in. <laughs> I, months of success is like, <laughs> like, it's like dog years in success, yeah. right? It's like yeah. you've just lived a lifetime of success yes. if you've had months of doing this. Wow. Yeah. You are doing a good job. Really good job. Wow. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. I, on Monday, broke down in a screaming rage fit at my family, which hasn't happened in a while. But Not in a while was it really snuck up on me but it was truly a screaming crying rage fit at my family like in the morning before stuff was supposed to happen wow tell me more (laughs) and i mean like it's the whole thing was this is it's like kind of what you were alluding to earlier there's too much for me to do Mm -hmm. nobody's noticing that i'm like essentially serving them like yes. I'm serving yes, them. Yes, you are. Basically. Like that's yes. what it makes. Like I'm not maybe not literally serving them, but like I am I'm at their service. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. Yes. All day long, just day after day. And like Monday mornings are always really hard for me and I should see them coming by now <laughs> because even though we don't necessarily have like as many places to go as we used to on Monday mornings, it's like I'm really depleted from the weekend of just nothingness and having everyone there and being off schedule and whatever. And then it's like the first day where people have things expected of them again and they are not handling that well and they're not nice about it. They don't want to be helpful about Mm -mm. that. They're upset. They have stuff they have to do that they don't want to do. Right. And again, I should see this coming, but... Even though I see it coming, it didn't that didn't like soften the blow of it happening and me just getting to the point of feeling like, wow, I've been working, working for hours 
since it was dark out. It was also the day <laughs> yes. after daylight savings. Daylight savings. Yeah. Arr. So I'm yeah. sure that contributed. But I was like, I've been like working and I'm still rushing and not done and no one's helping. Like I just, it was all oh, yeah. to the point where people were very concerned. Yeah. <laughs> people immediately came to apologize and yeah. check on me and <laughs> yes yes this is like where you can't do that too often that you can't do it too often but i think every once in a while it's worth it i i, I remember like finding letters sometimes from cat saying like you are doing a, a really nice job i've here's a dollar yeah, <laughs> totally <laughs> like you're like oh totally. i clearly Clearly scarred that one for life. Wow. I hear you and I see you. No. Yes, you are failing by showing your emotions to your children. (laughs) Uh, But at the same time, oh, man, I could talk for hours about being in the service of the people in this house all day. Don't know how to get out of it. I don't. Don't know how to stop. Well, I would like to see you do a month-long trial. Mm-hmm. In which a few you break months. down a few months yeah. of you screaming every day. What was it? What was it? Try something different. Oh, yeah. Try something different. Try something yeah. different. Yeah. Wow. Mine's going to sound like a real asshole sort of thing after okay. that. All right. I went and did the big like pre-apocalyptic grocery run yeah. before the election. But Smart. Yeah, as cases Smart. are rising, yep. wars imminent. Yep. Then the next morning, I go to pour the milk on my cereal, and I'm like, it is a little watery. I bought totally skim milk. Oh, <laughs> God. We are, we are a 2% milk household, and yeah. I would be a whole We're household. Whole. We're I whole. would be whole, yeah. except uh, Stefan's like a 2%er. And mm. it was just like, I don't care. My kids aren't drinking milk, so what do I care? Right. Uh, besides taste. And flavor, yeah. but the water milk in the your water coffee milk has oh, try to make foam out of water no. milk. I mean, you can do no. it, but it's and not the flavor. It's every, like, why am I doing no flavor, this? It's it just water. makes it worse. Yeah, it's water. Yeah, and I was like, I can't believe and it's the same yeah. color. I went to a different store, same color, light blue, light blue, light so blue is supposed to be two, two percent. So wrong. Not yeah. So. You guys, I'm doing a horrible job. And now yeah. you'll never have no, a chance to I'm buy not. the milk that you want. You are correct. It's, <laughs> it's over. over. It's another four years. <laughs> skim, skim milk. Ugh, no wonder I'm in a horrible mood all the time. <laughs> hey, y'all. I am calling with an awesome fail. So... God, I just turned four, and we're, I was up late getting all everything wrapped and put together because, you know, we do it last minute. <laughs> so then here comes the big day. Uh, we got the whole family on Zoom. We're all excited. She's ready to <laughs> unwrap. She gets her first present. She unwraps it. It's a cool... Toy Story scratch pad because she's like loves Toy Story, of course. And then her brother goes, "Hey, that's mine." And I was like, "No, like, oh, maybe you had one too, and we got her one, one for her." There's no look, the the stick's missing. <laughs> so somehow his <laughs> scratch pad had ended up by her presents, and it got wrapped. And then she opened it, <laughs> and it was her first present she opened, and it wasn't even hers. Oh, my gosh. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. That's <laughs> so funny. You could so see that happening, yeah. though, too. Oh, yeah. And you never know which way that's going to go in terms of reactions, right? Like, oh, yeah. like is that hers now? Yeah, I know. Right? I like, would be that's torn. My question I'd be like, is, well, I'll get you another one because this one is now hers because she just yeah. opened it on her birthday. <laughs> Can you go wrap the stick? Go find the go, stick. Yeah, go find the stick under your bed and wrap it. Give it to your sister. Yeah, that's that's a, a hard show opener, as it were. 
Yeah. I am, wow. I just like how Ty is just wrapping. It's the remote control. Here's the <laughs> unwrapping the remote, unwrapping the 2% milk that you were supposed to have gotten. Just whatever's around, you're yep. wrapping it. Yep. Well, you're doing a horrible job. Wrapping presents. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support. I really love my Third Love bras. I think they're pretty much the only bras <laughs> I buy anymore, and I, I kind of like how they have so many different styles depending on the day and depending on my mood. They also have so many specific sizes. So they have an online quiz. You can take their online Fit Finder quiz to find the size and styles that are right for you. Third Love is dedicated to creating bras that focus on what matters, keeping you comfortable. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 10% off your first order. Woo! Go to thirdlove.com slash mother now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mother for 10% off today. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duralde, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Here we are back with Teresa. And it's time to sit back and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz and Teresa. Um, Single mom here who has been listening to your show for several years now. And I can't say this is a genius fail or a rant, but rather a thank you for having something available to someone who feels so overwhelmed. And needs to hear that there are other people out there going through the same thing. You're doing a really good job. You are doing a really good job. And I thought this, like, I wanted to play this clip because it is, I I will spend every show reminding people they are not alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, if that's all we come that's on enough. and do, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Because it's so fucking much. <laughs> yeah. 
And everybody out there is in a different situation to some degree, right? Yeah. We all don't have the same kids. We all don't have the same, you know, partner setup. We all don't have the same home structure, uh, extended family, uh, work-life balance. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on and on about how we are all walking through this differently. And yet, we are not alone when it comes to how hard it is is yeah the word that stuck out from everything you said to me was overwhelm yeah like that has been just the recurring theme of this time in my life it is overwhelming it is overwhelming it's too much yeah it feels like you know, like if you've ever been like in an ocean or a wave pool where you're trying to get somewhere and then you just get fucking knocked back, mm -hmm. jerked back, mm -hmm. knocked mm -hmm. back. You're like, Ugh, you're kind of floating. You're like, I finally I'm in the right position to body surf. And then you like a <laughs> mouthful of sand and like your swimsuit, you're turning it inside out with all the sand. It's not as fun. It's not, it's not what you expected. It's like all those things. And I, it's just this constant, churning and slow movement and i it is overwhelming and yeah i yes we see you and we're we, with you yeah yeah you are doing a really remarkable job yeah you are teresa you are also doing a good job and uh, never stop coming back to do these genius and fails and rants or I will come over. I'll do what like Ellis is always like making these like random threats. If you, uh -huh. if you don't, I'm going to uh, shower you in trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. By the that way, which cat was like, great. yeah, yeah, you're going to do that. Yeah. And then there's this pause and we're like, you guys are too creative. Yeah. To not take that challenge of figuring out a way to do it. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Yeah. I don't want to be pulling trash. It's off way of too easy to see that yeah. actually taking yes. place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I think what I'm trying to say is you're doing a good job and it's <laughs> good to see you. Thanks, Fizz. <laughs> you're also doing a really good job, and I will see you next week. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, I love seeing Teresa, and I love talking to Emily Oster. I like if like if one bad mother was ever going to do like a cruise, you know, like one of those like fan cruises, like uh, we would probably invite some of our favorite guests, obviously, to be on for panels and things like Emily Oster definitely would be on that list. She has gotten us through so many difficult times with uh, understanding how data works. Huh. Weird. Facts. Who knew they could be so helpful? Wow. Do you mean I'm not just supposed to emotionally run at things? <laughs> and then, I don't know, dwell in the carnage from that experience? Huh. Funny. Funny. Not very 2020, if you ask me. Now, it was a pleasure to talk to her. So what have we learned today? We have learned facts good. That is true. We've also learned that like risk is really up to each and every one of us. And we all have the ability to, you know, assess what our risk is and make our choices when those choices are even given to us. Lots of times we don't have choices and we have to go into work. Our kids have to go into school. There are larger risks some of us have to take more than others, but it is good to know that instead of letting fear and emotion drive it, those are there. They get to be in the car, right? Fear and emotion, they get to be there. You can't kick them out. They're with us. But facts and data and real evidence-based information can really, it's not scary. It's actually very helpful and can relieve some stress. So I learned that. I always like learning that when I can turn my emotional rants down to like a three 
frees up all this room for listening. So nice. We also learned that it's all still happening. Nothing's not happening. You're doing a great job. This is overwhelming. It's difficult. It's isolating. It feels like no one is seeing that you are doing this and getting through it and showing up. But we see you. Let's remember to go out and see each other during this time. Say to the people around you what you also need to hear. Don't forget to tell people they are doing a good job because you are doing a good job. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Gabe Mora, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.